Hello and welcome back to the show. This is episode number 164 and today we are going to talk about some planter attachments and some of the things to think about when looking into additions or changes to your planter setup. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. There's a lot of different attachments, trinkets, whatever you want to refer to them as. You can break the bank hanging things on your planter. There's a lot of different things, front to back, side to side, a lot of different companies out there now Keep in mind, I'm not, this podcast is not meant to kind of refer you one way or another. Um, It's just some of the things to think about when we're looking into planter attachments. And the biggest thing when it comes to every single one of these that I'm going to go through is finding a reason, Uh, finding, you know, do we have a problem and is there an attachment on the market that can solve that problem? Can we? Can we gain better seed placement? Can we gain better plant stand or emerged stand? Can we increase our yields? Can we decrease our cost? There's a lot of things. And the other thing that you always have to think about is because it works for the guy in the county next to you doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work on your operation or your soil types or for your operation in how you plant. Uh, Every farmer runs their planter a different way. Every uh, operator drives the tractor a little bit different. Everybody does things just a little bit different. And that, uh, of course, is the competitive advantage that you have on your operation. And We don't want to take that away. It's your operation. You get to decide how you operate, how you function, and what you do with your planter. So keeping all of that in mind, I'm just going to go through a few different components of the planter, kind of front to back, top to bottom, on what you can do or things you need to think about when maybe pondering the thoughts or pondering the ideas of making changes or additions to your planter. So the first one I want to start out with, uh, it's been around for a little while. Um, We've we've made changes over the years and of course moving into uh, more efficient planters, faster planters, things like that. Uh, One thing we need to think about is our downforce. Now, Downforce, you know, originally started as as a, a heavy duty spring. Well, just original, it was just the basic springs. Then we moved into heavy duty springs. Then we moved into the pneumatic airbag systems, and now we have hydraulic downforce. Again, keeping in mind what you are using your planter to do, um, how many you know, how many acres we're covering, the type of soil conditions we're going into, um, the the residue that we're dealing with, all of that is going to come into play. Now, the biggest one to remember, if you are going to make that jump to, say, an exact emerge or a, a competitive um, uh, comparison to that planter, 
I, hydraulic downforce is almost a must. The faster you start going with these planters, we need that hydraulic downforce to keep that in the ground. The other benefit to hydraulic downforce is the rate at which it makes its adjustments and its changes. Um, the, the pneumatic systems are much slower. Um, they also have a lot more give and cushion to them, of course, because they have that airbag. So if you are utilizing an exact emerge planter or um, some of the, the competition, the, the comparative competition out there, um, hydraulic downforce is definitely one thing you need to keep in mind uh, when making that change or adding that to your planter. So that's the downforce. Uh, another one is going to be frame weight distribution. So John Deere offers frame weight distribution. I'm not sure if um, any of the other, other competitors offer it, um, but some of the things to keep in mind is it is only available on certain sizes. So of course, with the really small planters, um, it's not really necessary. You're just, essentially, you're just gonna be adding more weight to the planter that is not necessary. And then we get out to some of the really, really big planters and it's not capable of doing the job it needs to do. So only available on certain sizes. Um, some of the things to think about, you know, are you utilizing markers or not? Um, or do you have uh, some suitcase weights out on the wings? Some of that stuff um, kind of offsets the, the frame weight distribution. But again, the, the frame weight distribution, the benefit of it is to put more weight out on the wings and decrease the weight on a, a central commodity planter, central fill planter. So yes, there are some benefits to frame weight distribution. Again, it's going to come down to, you know, what soil types are you, are you working with? What kind of residue situation are you dealing with? Um, is, is weight a concern, uh, on your soil types or the time of year that you're getting in? What is your soil conditions, uh, when it is planting time? So frame weight distribution is, is another option, but, uh, again, uh, some things to think about if you are, uh, looking into it. The next one I want to talk about kind of moving down to the, or back, I guess, down forces on the row unit. And then we went back to the frame and now we're back to the row unit. Uh, row cleaners. So one of the biggest things with row cleaners, there's a ton of options out there. Now, uh, I know that some of you don't run row cleaners at all, and that's totally fine. Again, this is all based on, on your operation and what you're doing, but there's many different options out there. There's kind of a, just a, a stationary, um, row cleaner. There's floating row cleaners. There's air adjust row cleaners, there's hydraulically adjusted row cleaners, um, lots of different options. Um, there's also options when it comes to mounting points. I know uh, there's one company out there that makes a frame mounted row cleaner. Um, there's other companies, most of them out there are row unit mounted row cleaners. So look into them, look at the differences. Um, one of the things or some questions we get with the floating row cleaners is do I need the depth bands? Um, that's kind of that, that silver band that goes on the outside of the row cleaners. And, and what that does is, is help it kind of float along the top of the soil. Um, doesn't let you go down too far. Um, and that, that's one of the things you need to keep in mind with row cleaners. Row cleaners are not there to be a tillage pass. Um, we're not looking to, to dig up that top soil to, to, 
make a clean path. All we are doing is looking to brush aside any residue that may still be in the path of the the uh, opener discs. We don't want to deal with uh, hair pinning in the seed trench, anything like that. We want to make sure that seed trench is clean. We can place that seed and we can close that up, uh, not having to deal with um, residue. So the the best case scenario, depending on your residue situation, uh, is you know sometimes they're they're spinning, other times they're not. Um, now if you have if you're dealing with a lot of residue, um, high yielding corn, lots of residue, depending on your tillage practices. Uh, maybe your row cleaners are spinning all the time because you do have a decent amount of residue on top. A um, lot of different, lot of different things to think about there. Um, but it, again, based on your conditions, um, back to the different types, the floating row cleaners. We talked about the depth bands. Um, there's uh, pneumatically adjusted row cleaners. There's uh, hydraulically adjusted row cleaners. Um, one of the things that I think about is I would highly recommend um, some of the in-cab adjustment row cleaners. So specifically, John Deere's Easy Adjust Row Cleaner, super simple, completely integrated into the, the John Deere display. Um, you can have presets for different residue conditions, different soil conditions. Um, you can turn them off, raise them up all out of the way. It's all done in the cab. Um, some of the screw adjust, pin adjust, some of the more traditional row cleaners, um, those can get to be a handful when you're you're dealing with a 24 row, 36 row, 48 row, 54 row planter. Um, lots of rows, lots of screw adjust uh, uh, level setting happening, um, things like that. The other thing with the air adjust, so the the John Deere Easy Adjust row cleaners. There's actually also kind of a stationary um, adjustment that could be made as well. So you have your your range of throw with the pneumatic system, but there are also bolt holes that that move on the frame. So depending on the your range of throw with the pneumatic system, you may need to optimize those row cleaners you may need to actually move the bolt holes up a little bit, or you might have to move them down. Um, that is something that that you definitely need to look into. Um, you know, we at the the dealership, um, there some of them I think, or maybe all of them, come mounted from the factory. They're just put at a standard height. Um, they're not, of course, it's not optimized to your operation. So uh think about that too when you're dealing with any of the the pneumatic or or in cab adjusted row cleaners the next one is fertilizer placement so again i know it's a very uh, uh uh back and forth topic of you know do i have fertilizer on my planter do i put it all down with uh, uh pre-planting or post-planting post emergence what do i do of course, we have the the inferro options. Um, there's many different inferro options out there. Um, with the exact emerge planters now, we're actually placing the the inferro uh, product behind the the seed placement. Um, that is to to make sure we're not gumming up that brush belt uh, on the front side. We're placing that fertilizer behind it. Um, there's a lot of different options out there. I am not going to steer you one way or another. But again, looking at 
do we have an issue? Do we need to get in-furrow pop-up fertilizer? Do we need a two-by-two system to put down some some nitrogen with the planter? Um, There's companies out there with a two-by-two-by-two system where we're, we're going behind everything and and putting things down two inches beside, two inches below. Um, lots of different options for fertilizer placement. Again, you need to make that decision on, you know, will it benefit us? What are we looking to, what's the problem we're looking to solve? Um, look into the options that are out there. Um, lots of them there. Another one that I wanted to discuss um, and this one's a little little more heavy, but uh, seed delivery. So looking to maybe make a planter change or something like that, you know, is the traditional seed tube. So let's just talk John Deere planters, Maximerge 5E or Xactimerge. So Maximerge 5E gives us all the benefits of electric drive planter, uh, turn compensation, row by row shutoff, uh, the all of that. Seed Star Four uh, gives us all of those benefits with the the traditional seed tube delivery. So we are not changing the delivery of that seed. Uh, we're just changing the control of the seed meter. Now to take that next step is our on your operation. Are you questioning the seed placement? Do you want better seed placement? Do you want more accurate seed placement? And that's when we move to the exact emerge planter. Now, a lot of people or or we have always talked about exact emerge as being the high speed planter. And it is. Don't get me wrong. The exact emerge planter is a high speed planter because it has the capabilities of planting up to 10 miles an hour and being very accurate. One of the things that you need to keep in mind is you do not have to plant at 10 miles an hour with an exact merge planter. You can plant at seven and a half. You can plant at five. Now, yes, there's cost that that factors into it. And, and is it is my ROI going to still be there at seven and a half miles an hour? Or do I need to utilize the full 10 mile an hour capabilities of this planter? Even if you're going, say, let's just stick with seven and a half miles an hour. So you're, you traditionally plant your corn at four and a half to five. Let's jump up to seven and a half miles an hour. We gain a little bit of speed. We keep the same size planter. One of the things you are still going to benefit from is the placement of that seed. So when the seed bowl on an exact emerge planter releases that seed, we are carrying that seed all the way down to about two inches above the bottom of the seed trench, and then we are letting go of that. With the traditional seed tube, we are letting go of the seed about two feet above the bottom of the seed trench, so it is in a free fall. We have no control over it at that time. So that's when we deal with kind of some seed bounce or seed roll or whatever it may be. Just kind of the, that's the nature of seed tube delivery, traditional planters, traditional seed delivery. So if seed placement, accuracy of seed placement, everything like that is a concern for you, exact emerge technology is something you need to look into. Um, again, 
keeping speed in mind, we don't have to go 10 miles an hour. Can we? Absolutely. Uh, a number of years back, uh, myself and, and some of my colleagues here at RDO Equipment, we did a, a speed trial. We had passes all the way up to 14 miles an hour with that planter, and it was operating phenomenally. Now, I do not recommend to plant at 14 miles an hour, but you know, every time, every now and then that storm cloud is rolling in a little quicker than we think, but I still don't, don't recommend, uh, running at that, that speed, but the planter is capable of doing it. So that's, that's something again, a little bigger than some of these other attachments, um, changing your seed delivery or your entire row unit is more of a, a a larger process, but I, I still wanted to throw that one in there. And this last one here, and this was kind of the big reason why I wanted to do this episode. Every year, I get numerous questions about closing wheels. Now, everybody knows there are a ton of options for closing wheels out there, whether it's uh, the cast closing wheel, the standard rubber closing wheel, the spike tooth, the uh, shark tooth, the 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 stitch ones that that uh, are are essentially like a zipper closing your your seed trench. Um, there's some cage style ones. There's there's just so many options. And do they all have their benefits? Absolutely. They all have. They're all designed to do certain things and and to uh, benefit you in certain ways. One of the things that I always tell people when this question comes up is again, we go back to what are we looking to solve? What is the problem that we're dealing with? And they ask me, you know, do I go with a, a spike tooth or some sort of a tined tooth or a, a whatever it may be? There's a lot of different options. Uh, do I put a rubber wheel on one side and a, a spike tooth or a, a, a whatever on the other side? Again, it all comes down to your farm, your operation. How fast are you running that planter? What soil conditions are you running in? What are you looking to do? So I want to take one step back and think about what is the purpose of the closing wheel system. And the, the sole purpose of that system on the planter is to close the seed trench and create good seed to soil contact with the seed and the soil around it. That is the purpose of those wheels. What you need to think about or ask yourself is, are we happy? So say you have a standard rubber cast closing wheel on right now. Are you happy with how it closes the trench? How, what kind of seed to soil contact you're getting, what your emergence looks like, uh, everything like that. Are you happy with it? And if that's the case, if you're happy with what you're seeing, then maybe changing up your closing wheels isn't necessarily something you need to tackle right now. Maybe there's other pieces of the planter that you could better benefit from. Now, if you're dealing with trench closure issues, if you're dealing with seed to soil contact issues, there are different types of closing wheels out there that can help you with that. Now, in the next breath on that same situation, we all know that every spring is different. So one spring, we might be planting a little wet. The next spring, we might be planting a little dry. 
each one of those different closing wheels is a different animal based on the soil conditions or moisture content in the soil. So just because it worked great one year doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work to that same level in the next year. So a lot of different things. One of the big benefits to closing wheels and even some of these other ones too, maybe it's uh, row cleaners or it's uh, your fertilizer placement with a planter, whether you have eight rows, 12 rows, 24 rows, 48 rows, one of the cool things you can do is just buy a few rows, run it for the entire season. See if that on that specific row or, or so maybe you got a 24 row planter, go out and buy four rows or, or 12 rows of, of a change that you might want to see and run it for that entire season back and forth side by side and you'll be able to see the differences that it makes. And maybe it doesn't make a difference. And then that way you had only invested in half the planter versus the entire planter or things like that. So that's one of the cool things about planter attachments is buy a couple rows, try it out. Um, maybe it works great and then you end up investing in the entire planter next year. Maybe it doesn't work as good as you thought it did. So you're you're going to try another year of trials, something like that. Um, but that is is one of the biggest ones. The other thing about closing wheels is now there there's other options. Um, I know there's some like electric options. There's some uh, pneumatic options, different things like that. Um, the traditional spring. Um, one of the neat things. So talking specifically about the John Deere pneumatic system, that can all be adjusted right from in the cab. Um, you kind of have you have more variability in your adjustment, whereas with just that T handle spring. You essentially got five settings. You got a float, which not sure why you would use that, but you got a float setting and then you got 25 pounds, 50 pounds, 75 and 100 pounds of downforce um, on those closing wheels. One of the things I always I, I always question customers is how often are you looking at that? How often are you making those changes? And uh, generally, we should be looking at that just as much as we look at our downforce, because anytime we change downforce, it's also going to change how that acts at the back of the planter, the back of the row unit. So we should always be looking at it. We should always be making adjustments based on our soil conditions, based on what we're seeing with uh, trench closures, seed to soil contact, all of that stuff. That last one was the big one that I really wanted to do this. Um, some of the other ones at the beginning of the episode were just kind of uh, kind of add-ins there. I wanted to make this a full episode um, which we, we got a great episode. Hopefully you learned something here. I will always tell you or, or recommend you consult your, your agronomist, your, um, seed salesman, um, crop consultant, whoever you work with, um, based on those crops, based on your area, um, work with your professionals, uh, ag, uh, extension educators, um, they do a lot of research, a lot of studies, things like that. So um, always talk to those experts in that area um, when it comes to your operation, your soil conditions, your climate, um, whatever you are dealing with. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. We've got it on Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, please drop us a review. We would love to hear what you think about the show. 
And lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. There again, I hope you learned something from this episode. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.